You're listening to the Guitar Heroes Podcast. And we're live. We're live. Happy New Year, guys. Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year. Yeah, hopefully it's going to be a good one this year. Uh, well, things can only get better, surely. So It started off well. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll probably know the answer three. to that. <laughs> I, I've got oh, to be honest. Does it, is anybody bothered are. that we're in lockdown? I'm not. Are you bothered? I think we've just got used to it. That's the sad reality of the the times we're living mm. through, isn't it? We've just kind of, it's just kind of one of those things. I think we saw it come in with um, the events over Christmas. Not in my house. There was very eventless in uh, in in my place. But there you go. There you go. But we, we did. Did you have Chris? Did you have a nice Christmas? Was it quiet? I'd did you go into any illegal it, raves? Uh, I didn't, unfortunately. Um, uh, but no, it's been a been a really nice, quiet Christmas actually. Um, tons of Christmas films, and and when you got a kid as well, I got a six year old as well. So um, mm. it makes Christmas way more fun as well. You get to be a bit of a kid yourself, and um, so yeah, mm. I've really enjoyed it actually. And festivities are still continuing. I've still got tons of cheesy biscuits to work through, and sandwich girl, and and port. I ain't even opened the port yet. So <laughs> Oh, well, save it. I'll help you if you like. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Okay. Have you taken your tree down? Uh, I've taken the tree. I've taken everything down, yeah. Uh, We did that um, New Year's Eve. I can see that. Put your trousers back on, Chris. (laughs) 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 I should just point out that at this stage, I'm uh, second glass of port in already because we're filming. filming. Oh, dear. I'm going to be no good at all today, am I? (laughs) We are are recording this podcast in the evening. Um, via Zoom, and yeah, I opened a bottle of port an hour ago. So, <laughs> good luck, guys. Oh, good. Where, where where did we get to? Did we ask you, Chris? You got cheesy biscuits and things like that to demolish. I and did. Lee, what about you? Your Christmas? Were you were you good? Oh yeah, yeah. It was uh, it was lovely. It was a bit different, as was everyone's, I suppose. But it was uh, it was nice. As we said before, I love Christmas. I think we we all agreed that we love mm. Christmas, don't we? Mm. Thank you to everyone that yeah. listened to the Christmas podcast, by the way, uh, and and a. A special shout out to those people that listened on Christmas Day because I've checked the stats and you can see day by day when people are listening and we had some listeners on Christmas Day. God, they must have had really boring (laughs) Christmases, mustn't they, to listen to us on Christmas Day. Uh, Was it it anybody's mum or dad, do you think? It wasn't Uh, mine because they were round at my place getting slowly sozzled. (laughs) May well have been. But yeah, it was uh, was a nice one. Thank you, Phil. It was... uh, it was good. It feels very strange to already be in 2021. I don't know about you guys, but it's it feels like that last gig was both ages ago, but also just last week. Like I, I think the lockdowns mm. and the weird life we've all been living has done something to um, the way we feel time. Certainly mm. for me, very strange. Very strange. Yeah, I was supposed to be um, I was supposed to be gigging with a friend of mine on Christmas Eve, and obviously that got that got cancelled. Oh no! Um, but yeah, yeah. So that was uh, that was it. That was a shame, but not a shame in a, in a way. I was looking forward to the gig, but it was it was about four hundred miles away. So mm. um, I, I didn't miss the travelling, but the actual yeah, it was a shame because I like gigging Christmas Eve. I don't know what it is. I don't have kids or anything like that, but. Uh, I don't like the festive atmosphere of gigs on 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 Christmas Eve. I think we might have discussed this before. I can't remember. But yeah, yeah, we said you you very often work Christmas Eve. What did you What did you guys get up to on New Year's? Because obviously we're very used to working New Year's, but I guess none of us yeah, were I this think year. I, I was saying um, to Amy, um, uh, my wife, uh, I, it's the first New Year's Eve I've had off since I think I was seventeen. Mm. Uh, so it's been a long time, and 
so I went out and bought two lovely steaks. Uh, we had some lovely red wine. Um, yeah, so we just it was just a bit of a foodie evening and mm. uh, and some film. Did you cook them? It was really great actually. You did cook the, the steaks. steaks? No, you just got to buy them. <laughs> <laughs> No, I went okay. with, um, uh, I was following uh, Gordon Ramsay step by step. Oh, so you had uh, to swear at them a lot then, did you? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> F and this, F and that. <laughs> <laughs> I got, um, uh, this is my second New Year's Eve of not working. I decided um, a couple of years ago I wasn't going to work anyway, so it didn't make any difference to me. But I decided that, because um, we were probably going to get um, a couple of people around, a couple of friends around, and, uh, you know, do that New Year's Eve. Obviously, we couldn't, so I ended up um, ordering in a a Indian takeaway, which was delish. It was very nice. Oh, where'd you go New Year's Eve? Oh, where do we go? Um, I think he's changed his name. I think it's called Shalim's Balti House now. It used to be Weymouth Balti House, but yeah, we went there. Oh. But it was ah. so busy. That place oh. is cr- that place is great. Mm, mm. It's it's awesome. Um, but yeah, it was so busy. There were there were like. Oh, I couldn't get through on the phone, and then they said to me, um, "Well, you can't. We can't deliver uh, because it's just too far away. You know, two miles away from the place. You know." I said, "We're just so busy," and that's so how I went to pick it up. And um, yeah, there's just queuing for takeaways. So I, I reckoned, me and my maths head, I reckoned that they were taking about 150 quid every 10 minutes. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> just like wow, <laughs> we're in the wrong game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually, I had a shillings last night. Funny you should mention it. Did you? Yeah, yeah. Oh man, it's um, was it last night? Hmm, night before. Like I said, I'm losing track of time here. But yeah, mm. really good. I don't. I I really don't like New Year's. I've got this thing for me. I think because I like Christmas so much, I see New Year's as sort of like the end of everything fun. Because then you're just immediately plunged out of December, which is warm and cosy and festive into the the kind of the harsh realities of January and you've got to start mm. that climb again as we make it through the year and just the you know the the resolutions and the build up of it oh, it's got to be this fantastic night yeah so it was quite that's why I always make an effort to just be out working because then it's just like you know another day at work but this year I th- it was quite nice to, to just not have those pressures of either going to some crazy gig and having to work you know for hours and hours over midnight or the pressures of like oh it's got to be a great party we got to do all that it was like no excuse to do nothing we wandered down the beach with a bottle of champagne and popped the cork at midnight on the beach which was quite cool but and then that yeah and then had to leg it because we thought oh there's actually quite a lot of people around and they're all sat on the beach um, and as the clock struck 12, everybody just started letting off fireworks. But it was essentially just groups of chavs sticking fireworks <laughs> in the sand, just going, timber! It was like a scene off um, Saving Private Ryan or something down there on the beach. It was, it was crazy. <laughs> wow, that's amazing. That's amazing. So uh, p- part of the, because um, I think I'm in... Am I in the hot seat today? I am, aren't I? You're in the hot seat today, yeah. yeah. I didn't even know. I, I, I thought I was in the hot seat, so was, I've prepared nothing. So that's good, isn't it? But no, there's a few, oh, few things. That I've, I've got an idea, a rough idea. Okay. Like, I, I remember on the last podcast, I said we were going to talk a little bit about sort of Christmas presents, you know, something that you'd buy a guitar player um, mm. for Christmas. What what do, you know, being a guitar player, do you get Chrissy presents that, that, are, that are, you know, suited to you? Do you, or do you get useless things? Or do you, do you think, oh, I wish somebody had bought me a set of strings this year? Do you know what I mean? 
Mm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I always put a list in. In fact, I've put next year's list in now um, <laughs> to it, Santa. Yeah. <laughs> So, so, th- so no one has any excuse. Like, it's like <laughs> I gave you a year's notice. <laughs> yeah, I go. What's this? A Gibson Les Paul? Oh, I don't want one of these. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So, um, well, I guess I'll start, uh, but I, um, I wouldn't dwell too much on this because I kind of want to go to because I know what Lee got for Christmas, and I want to talk a little bit mm. about that in a minute or two. Okay. Um, but um, I got. Uh, for Chris, two things. Um, one, I got a um, vegan guitar strap for my 335, which was awesome. Um, I think I've mentioned well, these how did before. It taste? So, uh, unmeaty. Yeah, it was lovely. <laughs> 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 yeah, nice with a bit of uh, tikka masala on there. It was lovely. Oh, yeah. lovely. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I, I, got, I got one of those. It was my mother in law that got me one of those by a company called Right On. Um, and they're really cool. Uh, in fact, you guys have seen it because we had a we had a photo session over Christmas, didn't we? We, d- we did, um, yeah. yeah. Uh, which um, I guess anybody listening to this, if you're into the guitar show, they will be revealed at some point. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, so yeah, I got a guitar show. And it's really cool because it's kind of padded on the inside, um, and it's leather looking. It's got like a nice pattern on it, and it holds picks, which is great because, as you all know, my picks float away. So it's really good for well, d- the thing picks. is you drop a pick, it doesn't even hit the floor. It no. like the air catches it and it just it just flies. Just we flies said the other day, Phil's picks are so light that they're the only ones when you drop they actually go up. <laughs> like helium balloons just floating away. So if you come to a show, it won't be the people at the front row that get them, we'll be the people in the circle. It's all the people doing the follow spots and things like that. They end up with loads of picks. <laughs> you see Phil just what? chucking his picks into the audience and all the, uh, all the audience members <laughs> are literally just jumping up and down. Just Okay, while, while, we're, on, while we're on that point, because this is, a, yeah. this is a loosely a guitar podcast, what, what, what gauge are they, Phil, for the listeners? They're not as light as you think, actually. I'm, I'm, I've, not got me, uh, I've not got me readers no, on. They are, on. they are quite light, considering uh, most people, I mean, I've, in general terms, I think most people would assume light picks pretty useful for sort of strumming and loose playing. But if anyone's seen the show, that you know that generally Phil's doing everything <coughs> far from strumming and light playing. So what I- what is it that you use? Well, let's get a bit of context here, Chris. What gauge do you use? I don't know. That's um, great. <laughs> they don't say anything on them. I just I just go with generally what feels nice. Um, but, but I they're know, quite um, sturdy, aren't they? They're like quite sturdy. I think yeah. I think they're about one fourteen, one point fourteen mil. I think um, these are okay. the ones I'm using. The Altex uh, Jazz Threes, quite small. This was a new transition for me, and um, yeah, still getting mm. used to them. But they they do qu- feel quite nice. But that was a great okay. recommendation, Chris. Um, uh, who was it that recommended you those picks? Because they must really uh, some know guy who works about. at Absolute Music. <laughs> uh, what's his name? <laughs> <laughs> they He's got rid of him a long time ago. He's <laughs> terrible, apparently. <laughs> I've already joined some sort of travelling circus, I don't know. (laughs) Well, Chris came in for a guitar. He said, I've got £2,000 to spend. And I said, don't worry about that, Chris. Have you seen these plectrums? (laughs) And that was it. That was my P45. Uh, Uh, If he'd have said that to Lee, I've got £2,000 to spend. If Lee had said that, he'd have gone, he'd have got like 24 squires, wouldn't he? No, I would have had one squire and banked the rest. (laughs) (laughs) Invested it. (laughs) In Epiphone. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. So what, what? Ep- Ep- Epiphone, actually, um, I have been looking at Epiphones. Like, there's a John Lennon uh, acoustic, isn't there? Um, is, is it based off that? Is it an no. actual Epiphone acoustic, I think? That's yes. out. Um, yeah, I'm yeah, not sure so what I that's called. J- J160E, I think. Yeah, it's but got that's, a that's single going. coil pickup in the neck 
like near the neck, hasn't it? And yeah, it's got um, it's I think it's around two grand as well. So quite a hefty amount of money. Really, phone? Yeah. I they do they do that. make some um Japanese ones. They do these kind of, I forget what the term is, it's like inspired by or some sort of elite range of Epiphone and they're Japanese made, so apparently they're pretty good. Yeah, so that, you know, when you say Japanese made and what have you, I mean obviously my number one strat's Japanese made. Um hmm. but my sets I've got a Brian Setzer Gretsch. Um and that I think I had a look on that for insurance purposes. If I was to buy that new now, it'd cost me nearly four grand. And I had a look on that. I was thinking that's bound to be a USA. It looked on the back, made Japanese. in Japan. Yeah. I was like, yeah. what? Yeah. yeah, the best stuff comes out of Japan, like uh, Yamaha drum kits. Uh, a lot of oh, Yamaha stuff is made in in Japan, I think. Or I think some of it's yeah. now moved to China. Um, but the production of Yamaha stuff's great, and obviously mm. uh, we use a lot of their products. Um, well, my trans acoustic is amazing. I mean, yeah. You, I mean, Chris had a bit of a play on um on, on a guitar. You had a play on the Takamini, didn't you? In I when did. we had a photo shoot. Well, Absolute obviously, music. being a big fan of Bon Jovi and, and Springsteen, like obviously this is the model they use. Um, I can't recall the the model number for anyone listening, but um, it was the one that sounded really dead and felt plasticky. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Chris. <laughs> well, I'm hey. not being funny, but that I think it retails at slight, just about a hundred pounds more than what this transacoustic does, and the and, and I'm sorry, the Yamaha just blew it out of the water completely. It did. Yeah, they look, are, it did look good, though. It did look. It, it did look great. Um, but yeah, Yamaha stuff is just uh, worlds apart from that. I think. Um, Mm-hmm. And obviously, I'm a. I love the strats that came out of the '80s, um, the early Japanese ones. I think yours is an early '80s one, isn't it, Phil? Or '85? Um, yeah, '85. Yeah, because mm-hmm. I, uh, I believe uh, they had the Gaki plant open in in Japan in the early '80s, '81, I think. But they had sh- sent load of um, must, uh, custom shop builders uh, over to over to that plant to train all the workies up. Um, and the the stuff that came out of there is uh, incredible. Apparently, I haven't had the chance to get my hands on one yet. But um, mm. well, the actually, yeah. some of the it got really um, it got really confusing for Fender, particularly if you mm. get a look at the era right when Fender uh, took control, retook control of itself from CBS. They had this problem where the um, American production was virtually dead in the ground because CBS had moved out and taken all the money with it. But Fender had a load of stock tied up in Japan. So instead of wasting that stock, um, they brought a lot of Japanese parts and bits over because they really wanted to push the American brand. They wanted to rebuild it, obviously, and come back stronger than ever as an American brand. And um, that's why you get all these kind of, uh, you know, the, the, the waters are somewhat muddied there between what was Japanese and what was American for a, for a short while. One of the, the very very first squires, they uh, they had the um, the log the Fender logos on there, and it had a little tiny squire on the end yeah. of the headstock. And I believe they were like they were American guitars that just had this little squire logo on the end of it. And that, I, I know somebody that had um, one of those. It was a tele the fifty two Telecaster reissue, um, and it was, it was an amazing guitar, one of the nicest Telecasters I've ever played, and it said squire on the end. I think they're the um, the JV. It's called the Squire yes. JVs. They got the JV serial numbers there. Yeah, mm. they're, they're nice guitars. They are, but mm-hmm. I, I must admit, I think they go for a little bit more money than they're they're kind of worth. They've got this hype behind them now, where they are fantastic mm. guitars for a Squire. Mm. But you see them fetching like a grand or so now, and I don't know. I don't know but if it's they're quite that the good. Hist- I think it's the history people buy into mm. more Very more true. than anything, isn't Very it? You know, um, well, you've got to think what's going to be the new vintage, haven't you? Well, yeah, if I only we had a crystal ball. 
Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. actually, I have been looking. Um, I think you mentioned the model, Phil. Um, oh, I can't even think of it now. I can't even come to mind. Bullet. Um, the bullet. Yes. I have been looking. Yeah, I've got my eyes on one. There's a red one on eBay. Um, mm. It's um, 80, 1981, I think. And absolutely stunning. Um, it's like 800 quid. And I just think for a guitar of that age, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Watch the pick guard because the, the pick guards can rust on those things. So if you can get one that's not got any rust or any um, any paint bubble on it, then yeah, hang on to it if you can get one. Did you? Is, uh, it, a ni- is it a nitro guard? Is it or is it what? Uh, um, uh, not is it? Um, did they uh, coat their guards in nitro or um, no? No, um, it, was, it it was a metal pick guard and they just painted oh. it. <laughs> oh really? <laughs> oh right. <laughs> yeah. If you if you look at the bridge, um, th- there's no fancy bridge. No, it's just the uh, just saddles, isn't it? Um, yeah, yeah. The, the just it just the the the, the pick guards bent up, uh, and then I think they did the um, uh, bullet two or, or or something. The bullet deluxe, and then they put a proper bridge on it. Then, but they yeah, the the pick guard is literally just bent up, and they've screwed some uh, some saddles into it. <laughs> I was going to say, um, did you uh, mention Epiphone? Did you see the Gibson news just a few hours ago that they yeah, Mesa Boogie. Purchased Mesa Boogie, yes, yeah, yeah. I don't know if yeah. it's a good thing or a bad thing. I was going to say I don't know what to think about that. I'm not sure. No, I want to say it's a good thing, but then I'm still, I'm still not quite convinced by Gibson. I keep hearing. Funnily enough, actually, when we did that photo shoot and we popped into Absolute Music, mm. they were, they were still saying, "Hmm, Gibson, not quite the the home run that we'd hoped for." I think great guitars, but just the mm. distribution and the logistics they've always struggled with. So. But I guess Mesa needed the help, from what I hear. I think their their shop in Hollywood closed, and with that oh. went all the history and the workshop, and yeah. So if it means the brand saved, then I guess that's the thing. Yeah, yeah. I, I used to have a, um, uh, I think it was an eighties, late eighties boogie. Mm. Um, I got it off Ben Crow from Crimson Guitars. We actually, I actually swapped it for my Blues Junior, and it was a great amp, really, really nice amp, but it mm. was just a bit unreliable. Um, probably because it was stuck in Ben's uh, workshop for years, <laughs> and it was uh, every time he switched it on, it coughed out sawdust. But yeah. uh, it, it, when it was working, it was the nicest amp I've ever had. It was, oh, it was, but I think it was a Studio Twenty Two. I think it was. But Lovely. amazing amp. Lovely. Yeah. They're great. Anyway, we've gone on a tangent. Phil, what what plectrums do you use? Oh yeah, yeah. We were yeah. Okay. So what, what's your what's your? Um, well, I'm I'm the same as Chris actually. Boring answer, but I've always used the Jazz Three, and right so now one, I'm one into point. the whatever they are. Yeah, they they they're over a mil thick. They're pretty stiff. Um, I always use the red one, but now I'm into I'm the Altex stuff. It's uh, yeah. Okay, yeah, so you you guys are uh, north of a, of a mil of a plectrum. Mine are point six of a mil. Point six, <laughs> and they're what is it? The Dunlop nylon. This is the it's the Dunlop Max Grip. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, really, I really like these. I used to use one. Um, they were brain picks. What were they called? Uh, they were purple. They used to come in a little tin. Um, or they just called them brain picks. But that the consistency was weren't right. You know, mm. I'd get one batch that was perfect, and then I'd order some more, and they'd be slightly lighter, and then another batch would be slightly he- slightly heavier. And I was like, oh, I can't be doing with this. So, uh, and they're quite hard to get hold of as well. So I just went onto these Dunlops, and mm. uh, yeah. Been a you know, faithful user ever since. Mm. Really nice. Yeah, for years actually, I used to use um, what are they called the Dava picks. Are they? Oh, oh, I don't know. They called Dava oh, or something. Yeah, I, yeah. Used to, I used to just, I just used to call them. That's it. Yeah, I used to just call them Dave. 
Uh, you got any Dave picks? <laughs> <laughs> All right, Dave. Uh, but, but they were great because they had like um, a bit like these Zoltex ones I've got here. They got like a, a grippy part for your thumb. Did they and have like a rubbery then... sort of grip on them? Is that is that? Yeah, nice? that's right. Yeah. So it ha- and then it then smoothened up, smoothened off for the bit that you uh, attack the strings with. Mm. They were quite nice. Mm. Yeah, I do remember oh, those. Cool. I think a customer cool. gave them to me once. Talking of, um, I don't know why my mind's thought of this, but the other day I was watching, I've been binge watching all the live music on Amazon and I've sent you guys some messages. Just signed into Amazon Prime over Christmas, just kill some time and watch some movies and whatnot. And I didn't realise they had such a wealth of live music on there. Mm. All these great concerts. And I was watching, Chris, you'll like it, um, Fleetwood Mac. Uh, I think it's called The Dance. The dance, I got it on DVD. Oh man, it's awesome! It's a, and the reason that's just show, come it? to mind is because obviously Lindsay Buckingham doesn't use a pick, but he's also no. got a stack of a couple of Mesa Boogies behind him as well. And it was a, a wicked sound he's getting. Yeah, he's a he's a great guitar player actually, Lindsay Buckingham. Um, he's actually one of my favorite guitar players. Um, like I've I've attempted to learn some of his stuff in the past. Mm. There's that uh, song "Big Love" of um, Tango in the Night that. Um, <laughs> bit distorted here but yeah it's quite um his thumb is constantly moving as a fingerstyle approach with that song it's um quite a difficult one actually is that is that the one that on uh, on the dvd on the dance he he did it on a, a nylon strung classical yes that's right man yeah. that is awesome and he's got like a bit of a slap back delay so it creates this rhythmic thing yeah and, and it's but it's uh his the drama in his voice as well he um uh yeah he he just vocally alone can really drive that song and with his mm. guitar playing it's um such a great combination. I know he's not with Fleetwood Mac anymore, is he? No, I think they've got, got um, Mike Campbell, haven't they? Yeah. yeah I he think got uh, fired again, didn't he? He keeps what, getting Lindsay? fired. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> was it, um, uh, I think it was Bill Clinton. He keeps getting too romantic, doesn't he, I think, maybe. <laughs> yeah. But I think it was Bill Clinton said that uh, he wanted, I can't remember what was it, was it, I can't remember, some event, um, I can't remember whatever it was a long time ago and he said he wanted Fleetwood Mac to play at it but mm. he wanted Lindsay Buckingham there otherwise he didn't want him oh right yeah so they probably hired him and then fired him again the next day <laughs> 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 there's a lot Maybe. of history in that band though isn't there I there mean, is but that I think that's I was watching it and it's amazing to see those five on stage and obviously mm. you've got you have got this amazing tension because you've got the two the two couples or ex couples, haven't you? And then you've got mm. old Mick there hammering it away on the drums, just making these crazy faces. But there mm. is definitely a sort of uh, I don't know, like this sort of tortured magic between the four at the front. It's very yeah. very strange. There's a tension, isn't there, that you can feel but whenever you is. see it. Yeah. But I think that that is that is the magic of of that band. But also their their harmonies. I mean, I can't get over just how good. I mean, their vo- their voices all mm. separately are so great. You got a Christine McVie, right? Who plays yeah. the the keys. Yeah, she's got such a sweet and delicate voice, hasn't she? It's very soft. And then yeah. you got Stevie Nicks and then Lindsey Buckingham all combined. They just they just sound great together. And um, yeah, that that performance, uh, the dance, is um, something else. It's it's so good. Um, yeah, and like. I would love to see them live. I've, I've never had the opportunity, and um, it'll be amazing. One day. It'll be amazing. But it's just hit after hit, and, and you're it's right. It's got to be with Lindsey Buckingham, though. I think it's not the same without him. I don't think. No. I watched um, I watched the uh, live in Boston a couple of nights ago on mm. Sky Arts. I think it was, 
And there was Lindsay Buckingham, Stevie Nicks, Christine McVie wasn't there. Apparently, she was she, she leaving 1998, I think. There was a period um, when she was gone, wasn't there? There was a, a yeah, and and yeah. there's uh, there's two backing singers there doing all the harmonies. Oh right, and, and it's like it's, it, and it did sound different. It did. It sounded slightly different. I I find it weird. I'm I know there's this whole argument with um with Fleetwood Mac, isn't there? Oh, are you are you into the Peter Green Fleetwood Mac or are you into you know? People sort of get really, mm. I don't know, angsty about that, don't they? they? Oh, the real Fleetwood Mac. But for me, it's it's like that Fleetwood Mac didn't exist for like four years or something. And then you've got all the history, like post-1970, 1971, mm. with the lineup that we were just talking about and all those tunes and those like rumours. And it's just, mm. I don't I don't. I mean, really it could have been a different band, totally, you know, but, you know... The <laughs> I think it was all great, wasn't it? You know, whether you didn't matter. Yeah, that's it was what all I mean. Great it, and it is all good, and it is quite different. But I've I've come across a number of people that were fans of that that early incarnation, and and they're really defensive about it, and almost just don't want to know about all the other stuff, like fifty years of music post Peter Green, and they just don't. Oh, maybe their underpants are too tight or something. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> there was some other good stuff on there. Um, definitely Toto live in Poland. That I've got, I've got every single live concert Toto did anyway. So I that, oh, I've that is awesome. That is killer. I've been, I've just been. Mm. What's that? What's that, Chris? Oh, right. For the listeners, Chris <laughs> has just presented his collector's <laughs> edition uh, vinyl single of Toto's Africa, and it is in fact shaped. Like Africa. Oh, look at that. Look at that. <laughs> I tell you what, this Chris, it's extremely rare. I, I, rare. I did actually have a look online. Oh, no. <laughs> Chris has just dropped what? his uh, <laughs> extremely rare collectible <laughs> single of Toto I've Africa d- that was once worth quite a bit, but is now that in d- pieces. The screen just froze a little bit then. I, I kind of <laughs> lost you. The internet, co- the internet connection went, and all I saw was the Africa there one minute, and then a, 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 just a clear <laughs> sleeve. <laughs> Than just Chris like, crying. How'd you do that? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm what laughing, sort of but I'm crying at the same time. What, what sort of condition is that in then, Chris? <laughs> it was in mint condition. <laughs> hey, that'd oh, make man. a nice pick. <laughs> <laughs> we should have, you know, I was oh. talking about Christmas presents uh, a little while ago. We could have got Chris one of those pick punchers and he could use it for that now, couldn't he? On his Toto record. <laughs> Oh, oh man. God, blimey. So anyway, oh. yeah, that's the uh, Toto live in Poland. That that was killer. So I've been It's brilliant, yeah. I've, I've seen Toto live twice. Oh They're really? Amazing. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. I saw him uh, in Leeds. When? Uh Leeds more oh, many many years ago when I was probably about 17. Um and they had Greg Bissonette on drums because Simon Phillips, I think uh, something happened. I don't know. I might be wrong. Somebody might quote me on this, but I think he mm. was in a car accident and couldn't do the gig. So Greg Bessonette went and, and right. depped for Simon Phillips, which was I was gutted <laughs> because I was like, oh, no, not Simon Phillips. But it was still a great gig, you know. And then I saw him at the Uncle Albert Hall in London um, on their, f- oh, which tour was it? Uh, it was where Bobby Kimball was with them. Ah. Um, for, was it Falling In Between? I think it was that tour. Right. And Simon Phillips was there for that. And the sound was, oh, and I looked over at one point. Um, to s- look at the sound desk, and Brian May was sat there. Ha! <laughs> what? 
What? Yeah, yeah. But that's that was a, an amazing gig. Probably one of the best gigs I've been to. That and Brian Adams. You're listening to the Guitar Heroes podcast. So um, I had a, I got another Christmas present as well. It wasn't just a guitar strap. And um, I've got to be honest, I've had a revolution. No, I haven't. I didn't Go mean on, that, do did tell. I? What, do what tell. have I had? Revelation. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> Too much pot. Um, and I've got an uh, Apple Pencil. Oh. And it's amazing. I, I can write on my iPad. I never need to use paper again. No more trees need to be chopped down or anything oh, like that. Oh, you could do all your little drawings at the gigs now. <laughs> I, I don't need to bring all my crayons because I can no. just choose whatever colour I want on there. It's amazing. But it's good for um, like music and things like that because, um, like I said, I was depping with somebody else that was supposed to be uh, over Christmas. Um, and it's great just for making little alterations and things like that on the iPad, music and stuff. It's fantastic. Check you really, out really getting good. all technical. <laughs> I, I listen. I tell you what. I I'm 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 going to be like RoboCop soon. I tell you what. All this technology that's surrounding me, it's awesome. I'm really getting into it. I'm embracing the uh, microchip. Do you think mm. the listeners of this podcast are ready for the Weatherspoons app story yet, or should we save that for another day? That was a long time ago. <laughs> I can't believe you brought that up. Uh, well, you do realise now that you can bring that up if you like. But I've I can top trump you. From what you did oh, last time oh, on the okay. podcast, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. we will, well, we'll maybe we'll save it for another day. The great Scottish prawn incident. <laughs> <laughs> Does Chris know about that? There's only one prawn early, and he presses delete. I'm sure of it. <laughs> uh, okay, that that will re- remain between me and a large glass of brandy. <laughs> So, so did anybody get anything Christmassy for for any anything guitar-y for Christmas? Or Chris, did you get anything that was? I did. Um, I got a guitar strap as well. Um, did you? I did. Um, uh, this you know, is, for guitar uh, players, a guitar strap's like socks and underpants for normal people. I think, isn't it? We, it is. We get guitar straps instead of socks and undies. You open yeah. my underwear drawer, and it's just full of guitar straps. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so yeah, this strap I got, uh, my wife bought for me. This is um, what made by Air Straps in the UK. Okay. And uh, it's colour matched to fit my gold Les Paul. Um, nice. And uh, yes, yeah, actually really nice. A really good weight. It doesn't, um, doesn't, like some straps can really dig into your shoulder a little bit. Um, chafe. It doesn't chafe. Chafe. <laughs> it doesn't chafe. <laughs> like some underwear, you know. Someone's tuned in <laughs> just at that point. They've just heard <laughs> Phil go, chafe. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we're probably best doing this in the morning, this podcast, because I tell you what, I've started drinking at seven o'clock. So I know. Can you <laughs> see how rosy I am on the screen? I'm usually pale as anything, but tonight I'm <laughs> all rosy. I've got a red wall in front, so I don't look any different, <laughs> thankfully. <laughs> hey, talking of gold Les Pauls, and um, back on my Amazon music watching tangent, I was watching mm. ZZ Top live from Texas. That's great, yeah. isn't it? Got to check it out. And... and there's uh when they do <coughs> just just got paid uh, billy switches over to the, his gold top which i think is the one that's like really heavily routed out and it's got the pinstripes on it's open tuning with the slide man the tone i it was great the whole concert but when he he got handed that les paul i was like huh just had to stop what i was doing and just listen to that with the slide but he, like, he 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 has the tops taken off and all weight relief doesn't he yeah, yeah, I believe he goes as far as on some of them as having the fretboards removed and then the wood kind of routed out of the neck as well. So 
It's, um, mm. So it just goes to show, doesn't Oh, no, you can't get chambered guitars. You don't get the tone that you should do. Well, balls to that, obviously, because it sounds awesome. Have you seen the rig rundown with um, Elwood on YouTube? Mm, mm. Yeah. I've often thought of how much it costs to have the top taken off my Les Paul, because it weighs about the same as one of those cruise ships out in the harbour. <laughs> that'd, be, that'd be quite nice to have a bit of uh, relief on that, I think. But it probably yeah. costs more than it's worth to have it done, I guess. I think his Les Paul, I think it was something like five pounds or something, which is just crazy. Five or six pounds for a Les Paul. Uh, and, he, of course, he's playing it with, like, eight-gauge strings or seven-gauge strings, something ridiculous. <laughs> but apparently he's just got the the lightest touch. His tech said he can rarely actually strum the guitar himself because he'll put it out of tune, so he has to kind of get it in and then leave it. Cause he obviously uses 0.6 picks. <laughs> <laughs> So what, what what did you get anything guitar-y for Christmas, Lee? Um, I, I I tell you what, I haven't actually started reading it yet. I started flicking through, but my stepdad got me uh, Texas Flood, the inside story of Stevie Ray Vaughan, and it is awesome. Oh, nice hardback book with, <clears throat> I mean, it's essentially a a biography, I guess, that's been accumulated over the years, and it goes way back into his history. So much stuff in there that like the mainstream guitar player wouldn't know, but it's filled with pictures as well. So you've got all these awesome pictures from like young oh. Stevie behind the scenes. And having just flicked for it already, I, I know it's going to be a good read. It's it's really going to sort of delve into the man behind the myth, I think. So, yeah, looking forward to getting into that. I'll tell you but what, if you're into books, I mean, I've got, I've got loads and loads of guitar books. I, I sort of collected them since I was about 15 years old. But um, I got one uh, last year um, when the lockdown hit in March. I thought, oh, I need another good book. And I got um, Billy Gibbons' Rock and Roll Gearhead. Ah. Uh, that's really good. It's got all his cars in there and his guitars. And it's, yeah, that, that's, that's a good one. Like if oh, you, yeah, uh, that's a great read, isn't it? Mm, yeah. Do you know what? I love the smell of a new book as well. I'm with I'm you with there. I'm with you there, yeah. Oh, blimey. Yeah, absolutely. Totally agree with that. There's nothing like sniffing a good book or a magazine. That was no. a unanimous vote, wasn't it? The Guitar Heroes podcast <laughs> proudly Moving endorses <laughs> sniffing a new book. <laughs> You're right, yeah. though. It's the first thing I do when I get a book. I look at it, open it, just sniff the pages. That's the whole experience of owning the book. Obviously, you could get a Kindle, you know, where you know, you're reading everything off a screen, but physically mm. holding a book, the smell, you kind of like get drawn into the book, don't you, a little mm. bit more. And I never want to crease a new book. When I get a new book, I'm always sort of reading it, and I'm like, oh, I don't want to crease it because it's... Oh, it's the first thing I do is get it and literally stretch it. it (laughs) it. (laughs) That says something about our different personalities there, Chris. Yeah, I, I'm like, I, I kind of barely barely open it just so I can just see in there so I don't like crease anything or I like it as just new as like I can keep it. I glitched out again then. You did a little bit. It's okay. Yeah, it's I okay. Look, we're in lockdown round three. Did you see that thing that's going around online, the Star Wars quotes about lockdown? No. Like, you know, the original trilogy of Star Wars. They're saying a new lockdown, the lockdown strikes back. And then Return of the Lockdown. Oh, no. <laughs> so we're in the third film at the moment, Return of the Lockdown. Oh, but, hey, let's show a little positivity because that vaccine's still being rolled out. So the thing I keep telling myself, I just keep thinking, yes, it's bad, but it's not a step backwards because the timeline for the vaccination is still the same. The vaccine is being rolled out. So that that kind of end goal that I guess we're all working towards and hoping for is still the same. So... Mm. I feel like yeah. fingers crossed we're on the we're on the home stretch now. 
Let's hope so, yeah. Let's hope so. I mean, a lot of the guitar show gigs were supposed to be out in January. Um, obviously, that didn't happen. Um, so our next one is on the 17th of April, which is at the Stables in Milton Keynes. Um, whether that'll happen or not, I don't know. Um, April seems a long way away, but it really mm. isn't. You know, this lockdown again will just fly past. Blimey, so April. Yeah. April. It By the time we get back on stage... As as a show, it will be over a year since the last mm. one. That is yeah. absolutely bonkers, isn't it? That is just <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. It'd be uh, it, it'll be, yeah, it'd be it'd be strange. It'd be a strange feeling heading back out on the road again. I mean, it's funny. I was saying to um, I was saying to Jay, my wife, I was saying that it's really weird because after Christmas is usually the time I get really stressed because it's a new show going out. There's lots mm. of rehearsals, lots of organisation, marketing, and well, the list goes on. It's a really stressful time of year for me, but it's also a really nice time of year because I get to go back out on the road again after a couple of months' break, usually. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's not there now. We've not, I've not got that, oh, I, I'm not going to be staying in snowy hotels up north or anything like that anymore, you know? There's going to be, oh, I wonder if we'll get to Scotland. Will we get snowed in? Or <laughs> all, all these type of things. Yeah, you, you know? never quite know if we're going to make it to the gig at this time of year, do you? <laughs> <laughs> exactly, <laughs> exactly. But, yeah, it's that, oh, that's not, that's really weird. That's In fact, I think that's probably the weirdest part of this Christmas for me, knowing that uh, after January, you know, after, after Christmas, sorry, beginning of January, nothing's happening. Mm. <laughs> I guess for you because you've been doing the show well obviously more years than I have and more years mm. than Chris has but that that is a really for us guys it's a great thing about the show isn't it that it's really busy in the dark the dark seasons and typically as mm. a working musician you tend to be busier throughout the summer seasons where there's parties and yeah. weddings but it has been nice for the time that I've been with you obviously to mm. like you say have that to get you through that normally quite gloomy time of the year but we get to look forward to going out and working but mm. yeah strange to not do it this year very strange yeah. Yeah. but that it's first gig be, back um, will be will be epic won't it yeah yeah i, I mean I, I, like i said i don't know if if april is going to be wishful thinking um i mean if there's if they're certainly talking about lockdown being till the end of march mm. then no it ain't gonna happen and maybe even may's not gonna happen um so uh, yeah, everything's all up in the air. We we don't really know. But anyway, in, in, enough of that. I want yeah. because time's ticking on. I just want to yep. uh, briefly now just talk about because Lee, uh, we we should do a drum roll for. Can you do a, a drum roll, Chris? Can you go something like that? Ready? One second. Hang on. Uh, he's getting he's getting ready. Oh, you're in for a treat here, folks. <laughs> here we go. Ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Lee Williams is now on to vinyl. <laughs> He's got a record yes, player. It's Yay. True. Thanks to my wonderful girlfriend, I'm now in the gang. Yeah. Part of the cool club. One of the cool gang, one of the cool gang. And what I was going to say is just if one of us, uh, if, well, if each of us can say their sort of the Desert Island vinyl disc, um, what, what, what oh, if you should have prepared, you should have gave me this question yesterday mm. so I could really No, think about but it. that's the whole point about this. Oh. I don't want you to be prepared. I know what mine is. I'm going to give you just a couple of seconds to think about yours. But um, I, I haven't seen this vinyl anywhere. Um, I got it. If I got it in Weymouth, not expecting to see it at all. Um, 
and it's by one of my favorite bands in the whole world and if there's one album i could just take with me it will be this and i, I see if anyone can get it because it starts like it starts like this okay I don't know if it's because of the glitching over Zoom, but have you got a heavy tremolo on? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> <Came> through like <laughs> it definitely doesn't sound like that. Oh, I hope it doesn't when we send you these files anyway. <laughs> All right, it was um, it's Dire Straits and it's the Alchemy, uh, the double uh, live album. Okay. Yeah. And I was going to say Dire Straits. You seem to. Uh, that's one thing I love about your playing, Phil. You seem to really nail those Nofla nuances and, and things and like uh, i was gonna say <laughs> die straights but i haven't i don't recognize um what you played so um well i did get another one uh another album for christmas um it was um it's like a compilation album of that old die straight songs of money for nothing it's quite a rare one i think um you don't see it that often uh, so somebody bought me that uh, an original one um and i think i'm just missing one more and that's um on every street live and then i have every single die straights album on vinyl so oh. Awesome. And awesome. it sounds great. Never mind all these, um, the, you know, iTunes and, and, you know, listening to it on air- AirPods and all that type of thing. Vinyl just is, oh, it's just so much better. It really is. And I think you've got to smell it and listen to it and hear and the drop crackling it. And, and yeah. drop it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, so, yeah, that, that's you hear the sound it made when it hit the floor there. <laughs> Cracking that was, <laughs> literally. <laughs> so that that's that's my sort of desert island vinyl um, for me. So Chris, have you had uh, thirty seconds to think about it? I have, I have. Um, this is really uh, this is <coughs> really tough, though. Actually, um, normally I would say like Frampton Comes Alive, um, mm. which uh, I love that album, very nostalgic for me. But um, I l- absolutely love uh, Hunky Dory. By uh, David Bowie. Nice. Oh, um, nice. Just I don't know. You got songs like "Changes," uh, "Life on Mars," and there's such a good mix of songs on there. And I don't know. Just there's something it it does something to me when I listen to it, and just really mellows me out. And and yeah, absolutely, absolutely love it. And actually, um, I was listening to this album the other day, um, and I came across a really interesting story. So I might actually jump into Chris's corner for this. <gasps> I almost forgot. Wow. It's a new year. <laughs> it's time to throw <laughs> over to Chris's corner. Almost sounds like this is planned, but it totally isn't. Um, it's just weird. Go on, Phil. Phil, you say it. Go on. Cue the music. Okay, so uh, as I was listening to this album, I, I always then kind of like jump on the internet and have a listen and kind of find out some details about how the album was made and stuff. And um, but I came across a really interesting fact, and this is more of like a trivia thing, um, more than like Chris's corner, I suppose. But um, I got it here actually. In 2015, a Canadian astronaut named Chris Hadfield released his first album, which was entirely recorded whilst he was in orbit. Okay. <laughs> this is amazing. Not only was he the first Canadian to walk in space, he was also a talented musician who who went viral with the cover of David Bowie's Space Oddity, which was recorded in the, in the International Space Station. Wow. Which I think it was absolutely awesome. 
Wow. Mm. Um, and just I just thought, yeah, that was uh, worthy of Chris's corner, I thought, today. So Nice, cool. <laughs> Did I see over Christmas, Malmsteen put on Instagram that one of his tunes has been broadcast into space or something? I'm sure I saw I that. He's got like a gold disc that he's been sent to say that this has been broadcast Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I thought, well, of <laughs> all the things to go up into space, <laughs> if there is life out there and they've just been treated to some neoclassical shred, <laughs> more is more. <laughs> <laughs> to, to be honest, you can actually hear Malmsteen's guitar from space. <laughs> yeah, you can yeah, hear his uh, wall of marshals from the International Space Station. <laughs> 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 but I thought that neoclassical thing had kind of, um, I'm sup- yeah, I, it almost seems to have kind of died out a little bit now don't you think and like we're on to like a it sounds like we're on to like a new wave of guitar now where almost guys like Malmsteen isn't overly relevant anymore like you've I got like know, uh, yeah I don't know how long he really was relevant was he I mean uh, besides his technical genius obviously I don't know how relevant that music ever was it's I'm but, sure we've touched on this before it's one of those things that you can flip to have your mind blown and go that's amazing but but it's almost relevant enough way, to win a thousand guitars and about fifteen Ferraris. So, well, yeah. <laughs> but it's al- almost perceived that classical isn't uh, as relevant uh, nowadays in today's culture. But um, I, I think I read um, a while back, uh, a few years ago, um, Mozart's music had outsold Adele um, and some other famous artists. What uh, back in the day or since? And uh, no, recent, it was like two thousand around two thousand and ten or fa- two thousand and fifteen, somewhere in that in that time wow. period. Um, yeah, Man, he's been going music. a long time though, hasn't he? <laughs> he has <laughs> he actually had a long career. <laughs> I'm sure you you and him were mates, weren't you, Phil? <laughs> <laughs> Don't be stupid. It was Beethoven. I like this. I like this. <laughs> like this. This new Chris that we're discovering as we go along. He's uh, he, he started as such a, a pleasant and and timid lad, and now he's just well. He's this is the trouble. You give me Sam McGraw. <laughs> give you Sam McGraw, and uh, yeah, watch your this record collection. It ends tea. up on the floor <laughs> in pieces. <laughs> I'm like that uh, angry guitarist on YouTube, except it's that angry vinyl collector, you know, smashing <laughs> yeah. Africa. Yeah. <laughs> so Lee, you're you're. You're new to vinylism. What's um? What's <laughs> yeah? I think I'm too. I think I'm too new, really, to to say what my desert island disc would be. I, I've I've just jumped straight into it, and I'm just loving it. I'm just addicted to it already. Just browsing eBay, and I've got a list of things that I want to get. But I don't. I don't know. It's only been something recently that's sort of crept up on me. Probably over mm. the last year, maybe through lockdown, I've just been thinking, yeah final something that i think it's i think it's my time i think it's it's time i should sort of turn to it and i i just have to say yeah the experience is just awesome sound quality aside because obviously there's that whole argument for me it's more it's definitely more about that experience a bit like we were saying with the books mm. how mm. you love to get a book and sniff it and i i appreciate the music that i'm listening to in a completely different way and I would say Absolutely. if you're a musician or a music fan and you need to reinvigorate your love for listening to music, vinyl is the way to go. Definitely, mm. I'm I'm like hooked on that. But And I'm buying albums that I've heard a hundred times over, but I'm so excited to hear them and to see the cover and smell it and, you know, look at the, the aging uh, on the cover. It's all about the smell, isn't it? It's all about the smell mm. and the crackles. and Definitely, that, 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 just that that sort of experience of looking over in the corner and seeing the record just turning away. And it's like a physical process happening in the room to make mm. this sound. 
Mm. So what cool. I think it is, it's that it, it's not perfect. You know, when you get a, an album off your phone on being streamed on iTunes or something, it's just it's mastered perfectly and it just sounds very crisp. Whereas a vinyl's, you know, it's a bit sometimes a bit all over the place with um especially if your um stylist is a bit knackered or something mm. and you know, and I, I think it almost brings you into um uh, I'm trying to think like as back to the time when the album was perhaps recorded you can maybe get a sense of maybe what the artist was feeling with the record because especially if you can listen through it truly analog yeah you know um but yeah just the overall experience and obviously this is a new journey for you lee so it'd be great for anyone listening if they could maybe send in their recommended list send of me some recommendations definitely like i say i've got mm. a list that's growing but it, it, yeah it's that i appreciate the music in a totally different way and you're right chris you do experience it you get a sense of the fact that you're experiencing it how it was intended uh, assuming you're listening to a record that was made in the era of vinyls because obviously these days you can get cds that were made digitally and have been cut to vinyl but buying something that was made in the 60s 70s 80s and the era of vinyl i'm listening to albums and even just that idea of having a side a and a side b and sort of hearing it like a play of two parts mm. totally different way of listening to and of course listening to it from start to finish and not skipping tracks it gives it's given the albums that i've got a real i don't know a sense of value that i think you just don't get with digital music it's too easy to flip yeah. onto itunes or spotify and just oh there's the beatles i'm um, done there's Jimi hendrix done and you sort mm. of just you st i don't know you sort of toss it away and it doesn't have any value but when you're sat there with a a physical, a tangible item in your hands, you're staring at the covers, and you've made that conscious effort to go, I'm going to listen to a record, or we're going to listen yeah. to a record. Sit but back. It's, uh, yeah, absolutely. It's interesting. I was talking to my dad years ago, who obviously got me onto vinyls. He was telling me as a kid, like he'd do his paper rounds or whatever jobs he had as a kid, and he'd then go and take his money at the weekend and go and buy a record and yeah. stuff. And I just think, like, you know, at the time, obviously, Thin Lizzy were around and stuff, and it's like, oh, you get to go out and buy live and dangerous or something you know on vinyl i mean how incredible is that and i always feel like i've grown up in the wrong era Definitely. like i would totally fit in then i think and but even then i think coming home from, i used to come home from school and i used to lie on my bed and i remember sticking on um uh, moonflower by santana which had uh, the track uh, europa on mm. and just listening to listen to that solo over and over again but i actually destroyed that vinyl because it's constantly back and forth and Probably well, you're obviously good at destroying vinyl. We've just seen that. Yeah, clearly very <laughs> careless, I think. And I, I've enjoyed, um, I've enjoyed using the speed control as well because you often hear oh, you can make them sound players. like chipmunks, can't you? Well, yeah, doing that, but you often hear guitar player, you know, guitar players who are maybe a generation or two above us, and they're saying, "Oh, back in our day, we didn't have YouTube, we didn't have this, we used to have to sit with the record and slow it down." And and actually being able to do that gives you a real sense of what some of our heroes i guess must have gone through mm. when they were trying mm. to figure out their favorite songs yeah it's just um yeah i guess reinvigorated my enjoyment of listening mm. and like i say all of a sudden now i'm on ebay and i'm finding all this stuff and just going through oh, i want to get this i want to get that i want to get this and well it was funny you should say that about ebay because i mean obviously at the moment there's nothing we can do you know, we can't go out and buy a record or anything at the moment no. but um there's, there's nothing like going to a record store and you know sieving through everything and then finding that one you sometimes you don't even know you're looking for it and yeah. you just find and it's like winning bingo 
You know what I mean? Oh it, it's it's yeah. just such a feeling. You go, oh, I did it with um, um, an original first pressing of I Made and Live After Death. Well, I think we were gigging in Kettering um, last year at some point, beginning of last year. And I just found this record store and, and, and they had Iron Maiden live after death. And I'm like, I didn't even know I was looking for that. But wow, <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> Actually, I'm going to make a shout out to anyone listening. I've been after a vinyl by Steely <coughs> Dan called Asia. That's spelled yeah, yeah. Uh, A-A-J-A. I can't get hold of one. So if anyone has, you know, a spare copy. So <laughs> <laughs> um, give it to Chris, he'll break it. <laughs> you get Cheers, so mate. excited with it it'll just smash it on the floor <laughs> <laughs> I bet oh, it's one no, of these as well he gets he goes, oh I'll just add an ice cream and goes <laughs> sticks it on his forehead because <laughs> he's too excited <laughs> oh, but no you're you're right okay. Phil because we've we've done that on the road and I'm really looking forward to being able to do that now because I've just enjoyed mm. going to record stores in the past I never had a reason to buy a record mm. uh, but it, it is just fun to to sort of thumb through them and see what you find i've actually got some records that i've kind of been given over the years by people who know i'm a guitar player and gone oh we're getting rid of our collection you might want to look through mm. this and i've just taken them because they look cool you know just to have but i've never ever got to play these records so now i'm finally yeah. getting to play them and hear them and it's um I, I i've lost count of what i've ordered because that's another cool thing if you're buying on ebay or you're buying these records obviously second hand unless it's something particularly rare, they're relatively affordable. So I kind of went through on eBay and just sent off a load of random bids. So I was like, oh, fiver for that, eight quid for that. <laughs> oh, I'll have that, that's nine. And just thought, well, I'm not going to win all this. And then over the course of the day, it was like, bing, you've won. Bing, you've won. <laughs> I ended up winning about five or six records. God knows what's turning up tomorrow. But today, um, Eliminator, ZZ Top arrived. And that was that for me is just that album cover with the car and... Oh, just to put that on and just hear that, you know, the drums of Give Me Your Loving was like, man, this I'll tell you what, cool. you must be so into this because I've never seen you spend money before. So you must be really <laughs> into it. <laughs> well, I did say they're relatively affordable. <laughs> I had a look for Dark Side of the Moon and I was like, hundred quid, nah. <laughs> yeah, I've got that one. <laughs> yeah, my dad, um, he, he sold actually a lot of records um, last couple of years ago but he had the wall album it was a limited edition it had like a, a book in it and everything and had mm. um because back then i think uh some records he showed me that he had um used to come with stickers and a poster inside the vinyl oh, you'd cool. open up there'd be like stickers and stuff so i'm like yeah i think that that sort of stuff is really cool and i think as you were saying earlier early um clearly your excitement's uh, so there with it. And, and that's the difference, you know, grabbing up a, a record on your phone, it's so easy to search for it in iTunes and it comes up. Whereas it's an actual conscious effort to get the vinyl out, yeah. get the record player on and like, and you know, you're going to, it's an absolute intention to listen to music at that point, isn't it? And mm. Yeah, yeah. I, I got, um, for Christmas, I got, I got the record player and then my mum got me Van Halen 1. Which is just, I think we spoke about this before, funnily enough, on a podcast. It's almost like she was listening. Um, <laughs> and, and what an experience. This is an album that I've heard time and time again. But just to take that out the sleeve, look at the cover, obviously that iconic cover, which is actually you can see it just behind me there. Probably going to go <laughs> up on the wall because it's awesome. But just to hear those tunes come in over the crackle of a, of a vinyl player is just like, man. I want to say it took me back to 1978. I wasn't alive in 1978, but it gives me a sense of going back. And it was yeah, a good year. Yeah, I remember you it well. Well, you'd know. 
<laughs> I got in there before you, Chris. But yeah, it just makes you enjoy it in a totally different way. So um, yeah, thanks guys, because w- you kind of motivated me to to jump in. So yeah, you know, every now every time we, you know, when we're allowed out again, we'll be looking through each other's record collections, won't we? We'll yeah. Like, oh, oh, I'll get that one. Oh, look at that. <laughs> we'll be in your studio, Phil. You go to make us a brew or something. I'll be like, I'll be like, Lee, do you reckon you'll notice this if if this is gone? <laughs> Chris, I would if you take my coat down. I was going to say, Chris will be like, Lee, do you reckon Phil know if I take this out and smash it on the floor? <laughs> I'll come back, I'll be going, what's all this black plastic all over the floor, Chris? <laughs> well, you look out your window and you see these vinyls just flying through the air. And Yeah, but you won't mean to do it, will you? I know you. You'll be just like, oh, this can not stay in my hand. <laughs> Sorry, guys, I had a moment. Had a moment. There's yeah. definitely something exciting about vinyl, though. It's weird how it's coming back. I mean, my yeah. postman today who delivered Eliminator, it was wrapped and packaged, obviously, but I knocked on, he knocked on the door, couldn't get through the letterbox, and he said... There you go, mate. There's your vinyl. And I was like, huh? <laughs> he was like, obviously <laughs> a vinyl fan. And we had a little chat and he was like, oh, oh, can't beat a bit of vinyl. And I was like, you know what? You can't. Thank you, my man. <laughs> Have a good day. <laughs> Brilliant. Well, that's oh. probably a good, uh, a good high note to, uh, to end it on, I reckon. Um, it's, yeah, first podcast in, in 2021. And, uh, yeah, who's in the hot seat next week? Um, well, if today was you, mm. if we can call that you, uh, uh, we should make a note there. Phil, effort, B minus. Zero. Phil, maybe, <laughs> yeah. Phil, you could jump on this again next week. Um, yeah. And uh, this could just be our just get together episode just New after Year Christmas. Catch up. Oh, New okay. Catch up. So there you go. There you okay. Well, I didn't even do a Phil's you. rant today because I, I, I felt, well, it's a new year. I don't want to start on a bad note and start ranting. So, um, oh, it's I'll, not the I'll same s- with that one of your rants, though, is it, Phil? Well, maybe not, maybe not, but um, you know, I, I, I've just, I, I, I just enjoy saying "cue the music." To be honest, maybe I could just say music. "cue the music." <laughs> Phil, um, we do need to, we do need to get your dear other half, Jamie, on the show at some point because, yeah, obviously she's a massive, massive part of the show. Yeah. So at some point, we'll need to book that in because that'll be interesting. I'm interested to get her perspective on things about life within the show but also life with phil walker <laughs> <laughs> life well, with phil walker in lockdown round three there we go that's the title for the podcast i think she'd probably say something like it's wonderful and i'm such a lucky girl is what i think <laughs> she's gonna say um yeah i think that'd be about right yeah we don't need to get her on now i've, I've just said what she'd say yeah <laughs> but no no we, we definitely do because it'd be great to talk um It'd be great to talk to Jay about that. Obviously, I know, you know, behind the scenes and what have you, but uh, the, there is definitely no story of Guitar Heroes without a Jamie. Definitely not. You know, she's, I mean, she's she's not just my, you know, my, my other half, but she's, you know, my business partner as well. And she's mm. uh, definitely without no Jay, there'd be no show. So, um, well, we'll do that then. We'll get that booked in. So let's yeah. throw those socials out. Thank you again to everyone that listened to us last year. Feels very strange to say that. And Christmas um, Day. Yeah, I was going to say again. Special shout out to those people that listened on Christmas Day. We, I do hope it made your Christmas Day better. <laughs> uh, if you want to find us, you can search Instagram. Just search for Phil Walker Guitar, Chris Anthony Guitar, and Lee Troy Guitar. If you want to find us on Facebook, search for Phil Walker Guitarist. L- I forget my own name. What's my name? It's Lee. Mm. Williams guitarist and it's Chris Anthony guitar 
And of course, you can search for The Guitar Show. It's the story of Guitar Heroes on Instagram or Facebook. Or head over to the website, www.storyofguitarheroes.com. And, of uh, and if you want to search on YouTube, I was coming to it. I hadn't forgotten. You know, I, I thought we were glitching <laughs> again. <laughs> uh, it's the wine. It's the wine. I'm glitching. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Search for Phil Walker Guitarist and you can check out the uh, the videos behind the scenes and product demos and all that sort of stuff. Mm. And my dog. And your dog. Cool. Cool. Well, Happy New Year to everybody. Um, happy New Year to everybody in the show and out there listening to this. And um, dark times at the moment, but there is definitely a light at the end of the tunnel. Definitely. And uh, we're going to be back with a vengeance once we hit the road. It's going to be, um, as soon as we hit the road, it's just going to be, it's going to take off. It's going to be fantastic. So we can't wait to see you guys out there. Can't wait. Can't wait mm. to get Chris on stage. Woohoo! Oh, it's going to be great. It's going to be great, isn't it? I'm just w- worried about what he's going to break, to be honest. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> oh, I know. <laughs> if you yeah, were welcome to the show and sees Chris <laughs> with a vinyl in his hands, just run. <laughs> You're going to be on stage going, where's Chris? And then suddenly you hear in that ki- in the kitchen, like far in the distance, smash. all these plates smashing and da, da, me da, effing da, and blinding. Da, 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 da. Smash! <laughs> One thing we are looking at next um, for next year is, uh, you know, revamping all our merchandise and what have you. Um, so we're actually is that for this year, Phil, or next year? Oh, yeah, this year. Yeah. Oh, blind me. I'm still in 2020, aren't I? Yeah, so uh, what we're looking at, f- when we go back out on the road, revamping the merch and what have you, and one thing I would love to do is a vinyl album. You just imagine there at the end of the night, we're signing it. I'm going, oh, sorry, Chris doesn't sign vinyl. <laughs> <laughs> if you want me to drop them, that's a special request. And, uh, <laughs> oh, that'd be awesome, though. That'd be awesome. We, c- we should get a, a podcast T-shirt that says, cue the music. Or, yeah, yeah. Oh, or mate, Phil's rant. <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah good times ahead. Just got to get there, but we will we will get there. We will get there. Indeed we will. Indeed we oh, will. No doubt at all. Cool. Right then guys, we will um we'll see you all next week. Stay tuned and um stay safe out there. Look after yourselves and each other. Catch you soon. Bye-bye. See you later. Bye. <laughs> Nuts left over from Christmas. I just dropped some. Oh well.